murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories. Brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. All right, on this episode of True Law Stories, we're going to talk about how one attorney's client demanded her to get coffee and change her appearance, how one son was not invited to his own father's funeral, and we still don't know why, and what Hashi did when she didn't have clothes for court, at least not the right clothes. She, she had clothes, but not the right clothes. Hashi Richards, thanks for being on True Law Stories. Say hi. Hello, everyone. And of course, True Law Stories is brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. One of the best ways to grow any type of business from a law practice to a contractor business, to a local business, to a big business is video case stories. Go to videocastory.com where we can help you collect craft and deliver them. All right, let's get started. Also, we want to talk a little today about just what it's like to be one of the first female Indian attorneys out there and some of those stories too. So before we get started, tell me a little bit about how you got into law. Yes. So I um, went to school, undergrad in Chicago, and all along my whole life, my plan was to be a doctor. You know, my, my dad's a doctor, uncle's doctors, cousin's doctors. So there was really no other path. But then my senior year of college, I said, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I can do this. So I just changed paths in my senior year. And I remember um, started, I took a couple of political science courses and then I sat for the LSAT and here I am. I ended up in Miami, University of Miami. So it wasn't like any year long planning type thing. <laughs> it was sort of the last minute thing. So interestingly, I'm the first lawyer in my whole family. Nice. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. And then what was it like now to come out and, and like you're talking about being a young Indian attorney in a, a predominantly male world? Yes, <laughs> it was interesting. So I graduated in uh, 2000, so 23 years ago, and there weren't many Indian attorneys, female Indian attorneys at the time. And I had many experiences where people had no idea that I was an attorney, would ask me, are you the attorney or are you the court reporter? Or, you know, even in my one of my first jobs, um, I walked into the conference room ready to, you know, carry on this meeting. And they asked me to get coffee. Sure, I'll get your coffee as soon as we <laughs> start this meeting. You know, I'm actually the attorney, you know, and even there, even there, they said, they asked me to change certain aspects of my appearance. I said, I can't change anything. There's nothing that I'm going to change. I used to have a nose ring, which is, you know, an Indian culture, part of my identity or was at the time. And they asked me to remove it. And I said, nope, not doing it. And so you've had some crazy things happen as an estate attorney. Tell me about like, you worked for a larger firm at first, correct? So I worked for a bank at first and the lawyers doing a state administration and very interesting working there. It was multi-million dollar estates that we were handling and they would hire a corporate fiduciary to sort of administer the estate. And along with that, there was many stories, some that I probably shouldn't share, but, but one that I remember in particular is the dad had just passed away and the millions of dollars in this estate. And there was a brother and sister, you know, son and daughter left behind and they absolutely hated each other with a passion. And so, um, the weekend had passed and I get a phone call on Monday 
from the brother asking me about a funeral that just happened over the weekend that he was apparently not invited to, all planned by the sister. And it was not a happy phone call. No, no. And and what do you do in a situation like that? Well, you know, I tried my best to um, sort of calm calm him down he was already upset but you know it went beyond that conversation obviously there were things that happened over the years between them that culminated to that right and it always makes me wonder you know 20 some years later how that relationship played out he was obviously furious but i don't know the sister's viewpoint i never really got to talk to her about why she would plan something like that without letting him know right so i was only hearing one side of the story yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many sides to these stories. Yeah. And, you know, when you're getting into this, obviously you're dealing with a lot of emotion, a lot of problems. You know, how do you figure out those sides of the stories? Do you talk to everyone? Do you try and talk to everyone? Yeah. You know, so after I worked there, I started working for another firm. And one thing that I think has been a theme throughout my career is actually being empathetic and listening listening more than talking, right? Um, and you, if you're a good listener, you uh, really can connect with your clients and also all the involved parties in these cases, you know? And that's one thing people have always said, you know, we like you, we trust you. And that's usually when they'll hire you. Clients hire you, they know, like, and trust you, right? And it's authentic. It's not anything that is um, fake or um, like acting sort of, you know? And so when you do that, you hear everything. <laughs> you hear the bad and the ugly, you know. Wow. And, you know, when you hear all of that, how do you, how, how do you sleep at night? Yeah. You, so I have to sort of separate, um, you know, my work life and my personal life. So um, for a long time, it was just myself and my husband. And so I had my son later in life. So I didn't have to worry about another keeping another human being alive. So it was just really me. So I could sort of compartmentalize my work and my personal life. But then when I had him, you know, things changed a lot. I had to really separate the two because, you know, especially as he gets older, was when he was getting older, he would say, mommy, you're always, you know, you're in front of the computer all the time, or do you have to take another call? And, and sometimes I would actually hear him um, imitate me with his little play phone, you know, just if you hear me take a phone call or something in the other room. Yeah, so I really have to separate the emotions from what I'm dealing with the clients and uh, my family life. So, and yeah, and something happened getting to court and dropping your son off, right? Oh my gosh, yes. So he was in daycare at um, actually at Primrose here in Hunters Creek. And I remember, okay, drop him, drop him off, and I had to go to court. And as I'm driving, um, I realize I have no jacket. <laughs> so I was wearing a sleeveless shirt at the time. And I said, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now? Because I cannot not go. I have no time to go home. So I, I came up with a little plan. I was, you know, this is the, the other thing about connecting with people. Um, at that particular courthouse, I knew everybody from the um, security guards at the entrance to the bailiffs to the clerks. And so I said, I'm going to walk in here and find one of my uh, clerk acquaintances, one of my friends. So I walked right into the second floor, found uh, a woman that I knew, and I said, I'm horrified. I have court in five minutes. I have no jacket. Do you have something that I can borrow to wear? And without hesitation, she took off her jacket, uh, gave it to me. I walked up to court, did the hearing, came back, and I gave it to her. And she said, uh, I you know, was thanking her profusely. And she said, you know, how she... Uh, 
you treat everyone so nicely that there was no question that I wasn't going to give you my jacket. And I said, that almost made me cry, <laughs> really. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's amazing. Because yeah. uh, that went from a very scary moment to a very happy Very moment. scary. I mean, I could have explained it. Yes, you know, I left my jacket at home, but, you know, that doesn't look very professional, right? But also with that, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up, that it was a very stressful time in the morning. Like I remember my mom being stressed out sometimes when trying to get us all out to out the door to go to school. Like, come on, let's go, go, go. And I always try not to do that with my son. I remember I'm not going to be that that mom, you know. <laughs> so uh, that morning I, you know, was having a nice morning, forgot my jacket, but he got to school on time and he had, we had a nice car ride. I wasn't even thinking about a jacket. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Very cool. So um, tell me a little bit more about your practice. You, you Tell me about who you help and who you serve. Yeah, so my practice is um, mostly state planning and probate, and I serve clients all throughout the state of Florida. I also have a, vir a virtual practice, so I can work from home. I do a lot of Zoom uh, client consults. Um, I even do signings where sometimes I don't need to appear so I can handle and deal with clients all over the state. I work with a mobile notary who um, handles the signings for me. Um, and I also do a little bit of immigration as well. So I do family immigration, naturalization cases, things like that. Switching completely from litigation, which I did for many years, uh, working for a larger firm. And I love it because it really, like I said, uh, I, I'm able to connect with my clients more. And so the type of clients I serve are anywhere from, you know, single parents to families with young children um, and even elderly clients as well. Nice. And when it comes to what you do, what's the number one? I mean, because I think estates is one of those things that people are, don't think about enough. What's the number one piece of advice that you would give to someone? You know, the number one piece of advice with estate planning is have a plan, right? Because if you don't have a plan, uh, the state has a plan for you. And it may not be the one that you like. It may be uh, the complete opposite. For example, um, <clears throat> if you're married, but you're estranged from your spouse um, and you pass away, they still inherit under the intestacy statutes if you don't have a will, whether you wanted them to or not, right? That may not have been your plan. Obviously, if you're estranged, you're not together anymore. So, um, you know, estate planning is an area that people don't call, um, the, you know, like, like an accident or something like that, a personal injury accident, right? They call usually when they've been involved in a situation and they say, oh, you know, I need to now... Uh, work on my plan, whether it be doing the probate for a family member, or they see um, someone, you know, someone pass away or someone, um, something happened in their family that their circumstances have changed. So a lot of times people will call me if they've just had a baby and they say, uh oh, now I have a baby, what am I going to do? How can I plan for the future for my child? And that's usually when the phone rings. So yeah, so that's my number one piece of advice. Have a plan. It, it, even if it's just having a phone call with an attorney to see what you need, you know. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is people think that um, if I, <clears throat> if they have a bank account and they have it designated to somebody, you know, that little card that you fill out at the bank, that that's enough. Well, sometimes it isn't because oftentimes people will name their child as the beneficiary and their child may be five years old. And so they end up passing away when that child is still a minor. Guess what happens to that money? It's, it stays in uh, guardianship until that child is 18. 
And the day they turn 18, they get a check for $100,000. That probably would have been gone in five minutes if I got something like that when I turned 18. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, Hashi, uh, we'll, we'll put a link to your website, HashiRichards.com. Obviously, you have a YouTube channel. You do a lot of great videos. We'll put a link to that. Is there any place else that uh, people should follow you? I'm all over social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Twitter. So you can find wow. me there. And yeah, I'd love to connect with any other attorneys or uh, anyone that's interested in my services. Please reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on True Law Stories. And uh, thank you all for listening to Hashi and I. This has been I Garlic and True Law Stories. True Law Stories has been brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need video case stories for your business. Go to videocasestory.com to learn more.